thought that certain parts of me wouldn't be accepted. So I hid them. And the further away I moved from my true self, you know, I know it sounds cheesy, but, you know, the further away you move from, from, you know, who you're meant to be, that's why the depression, the anxiety, you know, your body's always trying to tell you something. Hey, I'm Ronia Sakata, founder of the Joy Academy and queen of joy. That's how my friends call me. It's so important to me that my life is full of joy and that I enjoy every moment because I know how fast it could be over. We can do so many things to bring joy in our lives, to create joy. And that's what this podcast is all about. I talk with people and they tell me how they bring joy to their everyday life and how they create a life full of joy. So let's dive right in and please tell me after the episode what your takeaway is from this talk. Welcome, Mary Claire Ashcroft to the Let's Create Joy podcast. I'm so excited to have you as my guest. We know each other for about seven, eight years around that. We met in the Get Rich Lucky Bitch Money Boot Camp of Denise Southfield Thomas. I'm such a huge fan still of Denise. And it's so good to, to know you from, from back then. And still we're friends. And now I start as always. Who are you? What do you do? And how do you create joy in your life? And what brings you joy? And we start from here. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. I'm really honored that you've asked me to be here. <laughs> so um, yes, my name is Marie Claire. I call myself a professional rebel, um, mainly because I kind of do quite a few things. And it was the best way to sort of put that all together. But mainly, I help people with the confidence and the courage to go after, you know, grab life by the balls, basically, to live life unedited, I work with people um, with my camera. That's one of the tools that I do. Uh, I, I use even. Sorry, I've forgotten how to speak over the lockdowns. <laughs> um, yes, that's what I do. I take pictures of people. I help them see how amazing they are. Um, I have this magic power where as soon as the self-doubt kicks in or the voice in their head, I can see their energy change and I know exactly what to do to sort of bring them back into themselves. So that's my magic power. I create workshops that are full of joy and stupidity and creativity, but all with a very serious undertone. Um, but I, I just choose not to do it in that way. I choose to help people look at their self-identity, who they think that they are, because to me, who you think you are is, is the thing that stops you from being happy. So I think a lot of people are living under false identity. So I just want to help people see who they really are, because I can see them and, and I'm sure you can see them. And you're like, come on. <laughs> play with me play with me come on <laughs> let's have some fun and, and and embrace yourself because you know if, you, if you're not doing that you're living life with somebody else and you don't want to get to the end of it going oh I just wasted that go <laughs> that's really my motivation but like we don't know how long we're here so we better enjoy our time here to the fullest I know how it is to spend time with you. We had so much fun in Zurich and in London. It's so cool. And just just being silly, not all the time. We can yeah. have deep and serious conversation, oh can't we? <laughs> oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> I mean, it's just important not to take things too seriously. 
I think um, it's easy to be misinterpreted when you're full of joy and full of, of happy, uplifting energy. I think some people can can sort of like mark you off as being a bit too lighthearted and not serious. But I think it's, you know, I think it's people like us who are able to sort of embrace that lightness. We've also seen that incredible darkness and we just choose not to, to live there, basically. It's not always easy, but, you know, we choose that, no, this is my experience. I'm going to do this way. We choose the rainbow and the unicorn way. Yeah. <laughs> I see so many props behind you. Like, I see a unicorn. I see googly uh, <laughs> eyes. Yeah. So cool. And, <laughs> and what brings you joy? I mean, everybody can feel right away. And if you watch the video, you better should. <laughs> um, you can see how beaming and shining you are. But what brings you joy? Like really like this and this, like a list of a your list favorite things. Joy. Um, I love people. Um, I love um, my boyfriend um, just um, compared me to like a little excited and hot water particle in a kettle you know like when it starts getting hot and when I spend time with other people they start vibrating the same too and we just feed off each other that's a cool picture <laughs> yeah and you have a very yeah. cool boyfriend I know him so <laughs> I can see where that is coming from yeah I can't remember the scientific name for it but I was like wow there's an actual name for it so yes being with other people I really love being cheeky and mischievous. You know, um, we were talking about googly eyes before you started recording. I absolutely love googly eyes. It's something that just makes me feel so naughty, sticking them on things that I shouldn't do. And I think that, that you know, <laughs> the naughtiest thing, I stuck them on, a, on, a, on an atom bomb in a museum. <laughs> But it, I'm sure it looked good, like uh, the nose is like stripey. And the little eyes. <laughs> um, what else? I, yeah, um, being naughty, playing. Um, I think a lot of grown-ups just forget to, to uh, you know, connect to their joy and their playfulness and their creativity. So dancing, um, getting the paint out, getting the glitter out, face painting wearing crazy outfits taking you know fun photo shoots listening to your favorite music and you know the photographs I sent you earlier were just me putting my favorite tunes on they were all selfies <laughs> my professional photo shoot was just a pure joy-filled afternoon so yeah people cheekiness naughtiness play that's what brings me happiness and and all the things you said you can have in so many different situations it's not like only then it's possible like you can be cheeky wherever you go in an airplane on a on an airport in a museum wherever you go that's so cool if if something brings you just joy in a certain setting it's it's just limited you know some yeah. things bring me joy from the seasons like the crunchy crunchy sound mm. when i walk on snow but that's only um possible in winter so I love how you're bringing joy things are independent on circumstances yeah well I think it's important for everything you know it, it's you know it's not about the how you know how you do it it's just having themes to your joy so I'm the same with the crunchy leaves in autumn that's great as long as the dog's not been there before <laughs> 
and you get a surprise. But if you if you stand in like this smooth poopy poop <laughs> pile of poop, it doesn't matter, right? It's like, oh, okay, I have to get rid of that now. You just do a funny walk on the grass for a bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, even you said on a plane, um, I once wore a false mustache all the way from Israel back to Manchester. And I managed to get away with it. Even the air hostess said to me in the morning, she got on the plane. She's like, oh, good morning, sir. <laughs> with earrings and everything on. It's just yeah, like... Yeah, just dressed as a girl, but with a false moustache. Um, we got through airport security. They looked at me very strange and got lots of questions, but nobody said at any time to take the moustache off. Yeah, why should they? That would be like... That's not their business, right? <laughs> so, yes, you can create joy and silliness. And I just love, I love that, that sort of reaction that, you know, you come from walking out about on the street and you smile at someone or you just have those little non-committal moments with strangers that, you know, you don't have to be their best friend, but you can talk to them in the, in the supermarket or in a queue for the bank and, you just lift up their energy. And I just think that is such a beautiful interaction. You know, you don't have to become their best friend. You don't have to add them on Facebook, but you can just have these little interactions. And that's actually one thing I'm finding quite difficult at the moment with the wearing masks. And um, because a lot of people aren't making even eye contact at the moment. So it's quite obvious that I'm smiling when I have a mask underneath, you know, because my eyes are... But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, that that is one thing that, you know, people are not making as much eye contact and, and for some reason the masks are making people not want to talk to each other. So I'm making extra special sort of effort to have those interactions with people to remind them that, you know, just because, you know, life is, is unusual at the moment, still have those nuggets of joy to interact and have a different perspective. Um, yeah, I think that's another thing that brings me joy is, is sort of choosing to have the sunnier perspective. Um, and it's not about just, it's not about rolling poops in glitter. You know, everyone has their poop and we can't ignore it because you're always going to smell it. But it's just choosing. <laughs> it never goes away. Like, for example, a friend of mine um, on Facebook, um, her cooker broke and, and she was very much, oh, my cooker's broke. Oh, you know, stuff always happens to me. And I just said, hey, at least you get takeaway tonight. <laughs> Yeah, just it's choosing to, yeah. yeah, it's annoying. Cooker breaks, it happens. Appliances break. It's annoying. It's expensive. But hey, you get a takeaway. <laughs> it's it's really having having just only the feeling that I can choose. I can choose. This is so mm -hmm. empowering and and just good to know. And it changes everything. And sometimes it's more difficult than other times. Oh, definitely. You know, a lot, a lot of people don't, they think I'm almost lying when I tell them my, my background is in low self-esteem and depression because my, my youth, I suffered with terrible low self-esteem. I got bullied. I had a, a, a painful childhood and I, I wore it with like what I call the sad sack now. It's like a sack that you wear. It's invisible and it just weighs you down. Your energy is so heavy you can't get up in the morning everything is such an effort even choosing to see the sunnier side of things is really difficult and when I 
yeah, I've, I've sort of de developed a process in, my, in the work that I do with people called Sad Sack to Superhero. And it's about realizing that you can take this horrible, heavy, smelly sack off and that you have that choice and that it's that sort of thing that is your imposter syndrome. It's that thing that steals your, you know, that true self that you are. Because I think a lot of the time, I don't know if you've experienced it yourself, even at your darkest moment, there's some part of you inside that says, this isn't me. This is not how it's supposed to be. And even though the other thing is so overpowering and I'm getting goosebumps just going yeah, right all the time. I have goosebumps all the time. I... <laughs> and it, yeah, it just, it stole such a part of my youth and my um, childhood. And just knowing that, you actually have some control over that if you know how to do it. And I'm not saying I'm immune to it. I still I still have days where it, it sneaks up on me. And if I don't do my morning routines, if I don't do the things that, you know, it's just as simple as brushing your teeth. You know, if you don't brush your teeth every day, your teeth are going to fall out. And it's, it's just like mental hygiene because I've had such low self-esteem for most of my life, like I'm 40 now. And I think I had like, I didn't even realize that I had a choice up until about 30 to think any other way. And if I don't remind myself who I am every single day, then the other sort of the darkness can take over. And it's just about going, you know, honoring that, but then going, no, I know at a deep down level, that this isn't who I am so it's not it's not denying it but it's it's choosing to not connect to something that isn't your, your true self if that makes sense absolutely I think it's such a difference of acknowledging the dark sides and and looking them into the eyes and say I don't focus on you sorry not sorry it's yeah. just not your time instead of like pushing it down and saying, no, no, everything is okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I am always, always fine, fine, fine. I'm fine, I have a face of smile. I have a face of smile and it doesn't go away and I, it, everybody can feel that I'm just smiling and I'm sad inside. That's really so important. And also feeling the feelings and then sorting them out after you really felt them but it depends. Like I was, I was bullied in primary school and secondary school was horrible. And I, it was really interesting because for me, it really turned when I entered university the first time, like 300 people in a big auditorium. And I didn't have to make friends with anybody. I was free to choose again. I like choosing, but being trapped in a classroom, that was kind of my, yeah my nightmare but even though in, in high school I met my most dear friends who are still my best friends or my super super best friend she I met her in high school so it was worth it and then when you see yeah you look back you can say like wow and I have so much empathy for people who are bullied and you know everything you learned made you the person you are mm -hmm. it's not it's not that I wish it would have been different. It's, um, but it's over now. And yeah. And if you work on yourself, as you said, with the hygiene, I love that. It's like daily work. When people tell me like, you're annoyingly happy all the time. I say, wow, I, I do 
stuff for that every single day. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not like going free. It's free, but it's not free like time-wise. It's like yeah. maintenance and um, and a choice. It's a lot of commitment, and you know, we like you said with the bullying. You know, I've had that experience. I've had depression for a long time. I have, you know, childhood stuff as well. And it's so easy to sort of let that identity sort of put a different lens on your whole experience of life. Um, and so, you know, these things that can happen to you for a relatively short amount of time, you know, when you're in school, it feels like forever, you know, it's, it's like four or five years, but it feels, it's, um, it's exacerbated by hormones and, and, you know, things growing out of you that never did before. <laughs> yeah, and it, it feels so intense, but it's so, it's so easy to, um, let these experiences of, of bullying or abuse or, or not fitting in like really cloud your experience and suddenly it's it's like a horse it puts the blinkers on you and you don't see any other alternative to the reality that you've sort of created for yourself just based on on one experience and 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 it's so easy to sort of forget that you have a much bigger life and these small nuggets of experiences don't have to cloud your enjoyment for the rest of your life but for some reason a lot of people let that and and you know me too for a long time and what was, you your, know, what was your moment at 30 where you had like the this is enough now what was there a a breakdown moment or a turn turning point you remember really clearly or was it like a gentle like turnaround like nope now this direction please I think it was, you know, I, I'd like to say it was one, you know, dark night of the soul and then it was all clear again. But I think I had dark nights of the soul, uh, soul like steps, like this is bad. Oh, I'll go down a bit. Oh, I'm okay. No, I'll go down a bit more. I'll go down a bit more. So some of them, some of my experiences were, um, yeah, when I realized so I, I took the plunge to become a photographer um, in my late 20s. And um, yeah, what had happened was, is I had kept making choices for everybody else my whole life. You know, I, I was afraid to look at what I wanted. I didn't even know who I was. So I was very much a, a people pleaser. So I chose to go to university and study languages because that's what some family members did. I chose to get a job in export and I was shipping chemicals all around the world you know I've studied the languages I might as well use them um but there was a part of me that always really wanted to self-express and be an artist or a creative and, and I wanted to hang out with the people in the bands and you know travel about being a nomad but I didn't let myself and I didn't see myself as that so I thought well, well I best just do as I should and the further I went away from who I truly was, the more depressed I became. And so I happened to pick up a camera one day and I got a bonus at this job that I hated, but I was very good at. And instead of going to the pub or buying shoes or, you know, buying lots of, you know, things for party or whatever, I thought I'm going to buy a camera because I've got such a bad memory. Like um, my childhood experiences like wiped my, my memories completely. And I was sick of not remembering anything 
in my life. So I bought myself a camera. I went to Canada to visit some friends and family. And I happened to be very good at it. So I called my first business Fluke Photography because, well, you know, I didn't think, you know, I never planned to become a photographer and I didn't actually believe I was any good at it. You know, it was all just a fluke. You know, someone's going to catch me out. (laughs) And eventually I left my day job and became a photographer. I had a business and I was able to travel. You know, I, I was in New York. I went, you know, I had... Um, a trip booked in Thailand I shot a wedding in Paris I shot a wedding in Greece you know I had the outside success but I was coming back from from New York and I was with Matt my partner who you've met and I was waiting for the flight home had a cup of good old British cup of tea and I just burst out crying and I had like a mental breakdown in the airport and I realized that I'd created something that I thought I wanted, but I was still not very happy. Now, I'd I'd lost my grandma two weeks before. Um, My granddad, I lost a few months after that. So it was having loss in the family and realising that I kept choosing outside of myself than rather from the inside. So I thought I'd made all these decisions, but they they were the outside decisions and I hadn't done the inner work so it didn't matter how much I thought I was successful I didn't feel like I was that person and I didn't feel like I deserved it so that's when I started looking into happiness work you know I thought hang on what is what is going on with me you know I understand why I was unhappy before but I've made all of these decisions what is wrong with me or why you know I I knew that I wasn't destined to sort of live on top. You know, I've got no judgment about people who take medication for their depression. And for me, it was a great crutch, you know, to to walk around, have that support whilst I sorted everything else out. But I knew, like I knew deep within about everything else, that that wasn't going to be my story and that it was up to me to, to fix my depression and heal it. So I started studying happiness and I started looking at you know things like meditation and I looked at spirituality and I looked at sport and I looked at psychology honestly I feel like I've got an unofficial PhD the amount of books I've read and, and studied um I started looking at what was not working for me and then suddenly I, I started seeing it in my photo shoots and my interactions you know the, the masks people wear um, the, the should, you know, the, the, the believing we have to follow a certain path in society. Um, otherwise, you know, if we haven't done this by this time, you know, we're wrong. And people making decisions always based on what they think they should do. And that making them unhappy and, and just the, the bad habits of thoughts. And so suddenly I started seeing myself in lots of other people. And I thought, well, hang on, if I'm making myself happier, why don't I share this? Because I did not, you know, the, the first business that I did was wanting to do something I was good at and feeling like I had a purpose rather than just a job. But then, you know, as, as my business evolved and I started the second business as Professional Rebel, um, I realized that my purpose then was helping people so they didn't feel like they were going through this on their own. You know, I, I, I knew that I could get past it myself and 
find a way out of this. So, you know, it seemed very selfish to not share that with other people. So that's kind of how I got there today. And, you know, I've had lots of little experiences from, you know, from the, uh, the cup of tea experience in New York when I had a breakdown, you know, I've had lots and lots of moments like that that always feel like the worst thing at the time. But then, you know, once you pick up the pieces that have fallen all over the floor, you choose which ones you want to pick up and carry on with. And and I think that's just a, a part of life. And I think that, you know, not welcoming things like that, but being okay when they happen, you know, I'll be okay after all of this, just got to ride that wave of whatever's going on right now. Yeah, and, and I feel like, when you get used to work through things instead of just closing your eyes and push them away, it's 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 getting easier or you're more experienced in handling like breakdowns or or super sadness or like or panic attacks or whatever, like like, oh okay, interesting. And then it's just for I don't know, three hours or half a day another week or two weeks where you're mm. like oh life sucks it's it gets shorter maybe more intense but it's okay because you know like like I like that uh, image riding the wave and then um, yeah you can take the next one or just exit and and have a nice plunge and uh, <laughs> in, in at the beach yeah well, I have some you know because I'm such a visual person, I have very visual interpretations of this thing. So for, for me, you know, when, when we speak about stuffing your emotions down and putting the smile on your face, like for, for me, and I explain this to, to anyone that I work with, to me, it's like, you know, when you have a beach ball and it's full of air and you sort of have a challenge in the swimming pool to how long can I push this down? And under the water for a bit, you're like, oh, yeah, I can do this and do this. And eventually your arms will get tired and you'll let go. And this beach ball will just smack you in the face because that you can't keep suppressing your, you know, parts of yourself. And that's kind of what I, I did for a long time. You know, I thought that certain parts of me wouldn't be accepted. So I hid them. And the further away I moved from my true self, you know, I know it sounds cheesy, but, you know, the further away you move from, from, you know, who you're meant to be, that's why the depression, the anxiety, you know, your body's always trying to tell you something. So like you said as well, you know, you let this stuff come in. Like I now treat my depression like an unwanted family guest who turns up at your house for the weekend. So you can feel it come in you know it's there and you're not going to push it under like the beach ball you're just going to say all right me and you you can stay for the weekend I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna lose myself in you for weeks on end if I don't have to but you get to stay for the weekend we get the blanket we get snacks we get pajamas tissues whatever you need the journal whatever to help whatever's coming out of you just let it let it let it work its way out and then it's not there anymore and it's like you said it's unpleasant while it's happening um but you know I've got, I've got to the point in my life now where you know this sometimes surprises people but I welcome a panic attack I remember um in my spare time I do pole dancing and I remember going to my class and there was a couple of girls in there already the instructor 
and another girl and they they instantly said are you okay and I was like no I've got something I've got so I need to get it out of my body and and um my um pole dancing teacher she's very spiritual she does reiki so she understood this completely um she was like okay what do you need to do and I was like it's in my chest I can feel it in my chest I just need to work out a way to move so literally you know put my arm on the pole and like stretched you know like literally almost opened out my chest just had the snottiest most ugly cry in front of this other girl and she was maybe a bit taken aback by it but you know after that it was just like oh the relief of not having to carry that because I think that that's what anxiety is for people it's that sort of like trembling it's I call it like a, a leaf or just a quivering or just this fizzy energy and it just wants to come out and sometimes it is a big snotty ugly cry sometimes it's a tantrum sometimes um but yeah you feel so much better once you're on the other side of it and you just have to be okay with welcome welcoming that in and almost letting it peak for a bit sometimes you know the state you're at when it's there you have to go okay I'll surrender a bit more into it so it gets worse and then immediately after it's just like oh I needed that to come out (laughs) yeah it's like it's honoring this feeling instead of no 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 you can't go away It, it it will come back the next moment it's I love your relative um analogy because it's like you're not allowed to move in you are like I will it's okay for the weekend but afterwards I I kick you out again and I don't (laughs) kick you out that's just like it's so I'm so clear that you have to be gone Sunday evening Mm -hmm. so that you go without me pushing you away it's it's different you know it's like like um uh working in education you can teach with just the presence or with a thousand rules and it's just exhausting to 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 check on all the rules or you just be present and it's kind of the magic of your own boundaries if you set them then then you don't have to push people or feelings away it's just like okay okay but not for long and I take care of you I let you go through my body and then um, you're gone again yeah yeah because a lot of the time it's not even related to now you know it's stuff you've packed away like 15 20 years ago you know those tears you stifle down because you didn't want to show someone you were upset or that anger you didn't express because you didn't feel confident enough to to express it or you feel like you would get rejected if you said how you feel it's years and years of these these small things but over the time you know that anxiety in your body is is the pan being too full and you've just got to take the lid off and um and yeah like with the depression you know I'll say you've got 48 hours or something but I'll still you know I'll make it a sandwich and a packed lunch you know to take away um but then I also know that you know if it's still not using by 48 hours and it's something I need to look at you know maybe I do need to see the doctor what do I need to talk about with Matt or you know where am I where am I not honoring myself because I I noticed every time this sort of sinks in is when I've lost my way and it's you know like you have joy as your compass that's exactly what it is anytime you're off the beaten track in the wrong way for you that's when 
how you don't want to feel sort of comes in. So, you know, it's it's your own inner GPS. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I love to, for example, do the future me meditation to just meet my best future self. Like she's so she's so relaxed and even wiser. And, you know, and, and then I can have a chat like, what should I do now? And she's like soothing me and telling me I'm the best. And it's just, yeah. I love to, I have other meditations also in the Choi Academy, but I love the future self because it's from me. It's not yeah. from the outside. It's like, I can take, I'm, I'm quite um, stubborn when people tell me how to do things. I'm like, nope. I don't do it that way. <laughs> but my future self is me, so it's easier to to listen and then to, to relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a very similar one. So it's about finding your inner superhero. So exactly the same. It's your future strong, super empowered, badass self who always knows the right thing to do. And how do you think? Like our society, and I think we can generalize worldwide, maybe not really worldwide, but in the Western society, we're, come on, why did we come so far off away from, from what we really want and do things all the time we think we should and it's not okay to do this and that? Do you have some kind of explanation or a picture or how do you like invite your clients to think about society to break free from all these like it's right like handcuffs yeah oh it's funny I've, I've actually got a book about it it's called what the fuck am I doing with my life and it, it's about waking up in that sort of position of hang on what am I doing here in this job in this relationship in you know even in this house you know how did I get here I didn't choose any of this and I think a lot of it comes from, you know, it starts in childhood because everyone, you know, a child doesn't know it needs to eat and a child doesn't know it needs to do anything really. So in order to get love and approval, you do what your parents tell you and then you go to school and you get your gold stars from teachers. So you're always looking outside of yourself for, you know, you're on the right track. Good job. You know, well done. Here's what you do next here's what you do next and it's just this path of oh I'll go this way because that's what I'm supposed to do and then yeah but then you get to about your teenage years and then at the same time you really don't want to to be the odd one out you know you want to be accepted you maybe your the acceptance from your parents at that time is not you know paramount for you at the time but you want that um acceptance from your peer group and and you know even from the bullies you want to you know you don't want to be bullied by them you want them to like you so then you start hiding parts of yourself because you know what if the band you like aren't cool and you know you get rejected for it or the boy or the girl you like you know you, you sort of suddenly start putting up all these walls and packing down little parts of yourself because you you're scared to be the odd one out then and then you leave school and most people are like, oh, well, you're meant to go to university. And then once you've gone to university, you get your job. And sometime during that, you're meant to have, you know, meet your partner and be married and have a child and all of this by tick, tick, tick certain points. And at no point does anyone say, it's okay, you know, those parts you sort of stuffed away, like at the age of 14, you know, they're actually 
you they're your interests your passions your your values but we we sort of stuff those away and keep being told what to do and sometimes it's because maybe out of laziness you know we don't want to take that risk of choosing something off the beaten path we know that this works but it doesn't work anymore maybe it did like after you know after the war time you know when you know everyone was trying to build up and maybe that's when it was good to sort of have a job and have have a house and, and stuff like that it was that point of having this success and it meant that you were working towards a greater good of rebuilding the world but the world's changed from that but I think school sort of knocks out anything from you and this willingness to keep having to next step you know it's just like the carrot on the string all the time and you're following it because the happiness is just where the carrot is but you never actually bite the carrot maybe you don't like carrots yeah <laughs> I was just thinking that there. <laughs> Or broccoli, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> or the chocolate bar, or the slice of cake, or the big sushi platter, whatever's on your fishing rod. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I really, I'm such in a struggle with the school system, and I wanted to take Mika to another school, but then she doesn't want to because she wants to be in. You know, our part of Zurich is like a little village and the school is three minutes away. I mean, that's just luxurious that she can go and come home without any car ride. And yeah, yeah. And she wants to be with her friends. But the school system just sucks. Come on. It's and I, I, I try to tell her and I think she gets it because I had I wouldn't want to miss my university you know, time, I met the most amazing people. I had a shared apartment with a lot of boys. It was so cool. Then Ken came over to, to Zurich when I met him in Japan. I went to Japan 20 years ago. Can you imagine? Wow. Like, wow. <laughs> and, and he was living with me in my room and, and had all the fun with the boys too. And get to know, you know, Switzerland, easy life, student life, easy going and not some kind of boring couple life in a little apartment outside of the city and um yeah I wouldn't want to miss that but now I really 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 do what I want all the time and it's so cool to I mean Mika is on camera she's just brilliant you know just talking to the camera and I don't know if she wants to do something like that but she can and there are so many possibilities and she's really not good in math or she tells herself mm -hmm. and And I said, nobody will care, you know, and the, the, what is the piece of paper with the mark, with the grades, with the grades. I said, do you know what I care about this piece of paper? I don't give a shit about it. I really sweared. And she was like, <laughs> okay, okay. Because these fucking primary teachers from, from first to third grade, they threatened these little child with this piece of paper. Like it will be, it will be written. Like, come on, if you can't teach without that, you're just not in the right job. Just quit your job. Yeah. You know so I really hope <laughs> I can steer, I can steer the ship, even though she wants to go to this school, the normal school, which is of course, a blessing for many children and it would have been hard to pay for private school for us like it's not, it wouldn't have been easy but 
Yeah, I would love to have like a free school. You can do the whole day, whatever you want. How cool yeah. is that? And well, I really think that would be that would be the, the cure to so many problems. No, I totally, and that, that's the thing that annoys me about the school system. And I think that's why most people um, focus on their flaws. So say, for example, you're in school and you're rubbish at maths or you're, it's not your strongest point, but you're an amazing artist. What do they make you do at school? Oh, well, you best take an extra class in maths because you're not good at that. You best focus on all the things that you're lacking behind on. Oh, but don't worry about art or don't worry about history or, you know, whatever your passion is in. You're told to concentrate on being better at the thing you're not naturally good at. I'm not saying you shouldn't ever take a challenge. You know, it's important to grow yourself and be the best that you can in the things that interest you. But the constant focus on focus on the thing that you are terrible at all the time and just ignore the thing that you are absolutely lit up and incredible at. You know, that's the problem I have with with school. I didn't know and what then, any and then it can be really turned around I was so bad in languages I mean English was okay because I was a certain time of my life in kindergarten in America you know some it, it was kind of natural but in French I could create a sentence or my my um what's it when when you write a story you have to to write a piece of okay. an essay <clears throat> it was just red if you held it from far away it was just red and like really grammar the baddest in switzerland it's one to six one the the baddest it was grammar one like content five style 5.5 so i had kind of a nice mark because she was a like, great because she was um so nice but when i learned japanese I, it was my own motivation my own and i learn over the year and and just listening and just trying and trial and error and i mean i learned japanese in in a half an year and now i'm fluent so yeah fuck, fuck french you know <laughs> like and 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 the school with the how do you say the text and then there is a a gap and you have to fill the gaps you like, the like endings and oh um like in grammar in grammar yeah like boring text with gaps and then you have to fill the gaps like oh i hated it so much yeah and <laughs> and my japanese teacher was totally different and it was like whoa i'm good in languages i i would have never found out if i would haven't i wouldn't have had this wish to go to japan so yeah it's you just never about, know you it's never about know. learning style um i I was in top set at maths, you know, the top class. And then about a year into the class, um, they said, actually, you know, you can do it, but you're really slow. And so we're going to move you down to the, the next class, the second class. And for years, I told myself a story that I was rubbish at maths because I got moved down. And what all it was is that I've got a different learning style, not neurodiverse. I, I don't mark well in the standard IQ tests, but if you do it in a certain way, really, really clever. So I told myself I was rubbish at that. Really clever. <laughs> yeah. And, and the same with, um, with languages. I was studying German and French at school, at high school, at A-level. Um, and 
I really got on with my German teacher um, and I got a really good grade. You know, she, she was more like a, a crazy auntie rather than a teacher. So, you know, I absolutely love German. But my French teacher, I remember her saying to me, she's like, I don't know, you shouldn't bother learning languages. You're never going to get very far with it. So obviously I got a terrible mark from her and overall in all my exams because she just told me I was bad. But I wish I could see her now and go, huh, seven languages. <laughs> bad at languages. It's bad. My father always told me, like, it would be so helpful for you and your soul that you could um, separate the subject and the teacher. But I couldn't. Like, no. well, I could. In, in biology, I could. I hated him really, but I was so good. And, and um, I still love biology. No, that's really, that's the only subject I think I could do this separation. And I explained everything to the whole class. So I, by explaining it, I learned it even better. So that was really helpful. But yeah, it's so interesting. And I, that's what I loved about being a teacher for, for uh, food technologists, you know, like being this person, just a person, because you don't remember anything about the lessons. You remember people the teacher you loved and the fun around the lesson like before and after or during yeah that's what I celebrated for 12 years that's why I was a teacher for 12 years because I really had a blast with these girls and 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 gals it was just so cool but it's all about the presence and yeah you have to teach and do the tests and so on but it's the personal stuff that stays and you can have an influence on on these people and uh totally. once yeah. i had a guy and he has a super successful gym now like the cool gym you know that yeah. with the ropes and the booty <laughs> booty uh challenge and so on not the regular <laughs> gym And he, he had to write a test and he was just swearing and, and, and the time was up. I, I don't, I couldn't write down anything and uh, stupid test. And then I know everything now. And I said, okay, nobody comes in. Everybody left when they finished the test and just sat down. And now you tell me. And then he told the answer and said, well, write it down. He was like, I'm allowed to write it down now. I said, yeah. And then we went through the whole test and he had a really good grade. And from that moment, like, it was like a different person. It's so cool. But that was like a kind of not so um, normal move. You know, I had to, to not push against the others, but like explain that was my choice. I didn't help him a bit, He, you know, to. to yeah, it's just um, allowing a different way for it to come out because not everyone no not everyone is the the pen and paper or you know some people are, are pictures you know very visual um yeah everyone learns differently and I think you know that's that's the thing that, that they struggle with at school as well is that you've got to do it this one way and if you don't there's something wrong with you yeah about, they're better at it these days but um you know when I were a little girl <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's really a far, far way. I think school is like still hanging around 150 years ago. A little better maybe, but most of the teacher expect the, the, the students to be quiet and nice and learn. But yeah, do as you're told. Yes, do what <laughs> Don't you're be an individual. Yes, yes, 
please don't don't be an individual <laughs> no I had, a, I had a great experience I mean I've done a little bit of teaching not the same amount as you but um in 2019 I was asked to teach photography at um at um I remember yeah the language school so, yeah I was asking you for some tips <laughs> And um, yeah, so it was, it was international teenagers, you know, from all over Europe and a few from the rest of the world. And, um, you know, it's just trying to make it interesting for them. So I, I tied it in, you know, I just decided to, well, as well as, as well as just teaching them the technical stuff, let's, let's make it to real life experiences. And I shared how, you know, it's good to sort of use photography as a, as a tool to sort of express yourself and, make sense of yourself so I told the story you know the group of kids and said you know I, I used photography to help me with you know understand who I am and help me with my mental illness um and it helped me become more confident and I taught them how to teach you know tell stories you know because sometimes you can't put things into words but you can use pictures you know picture speaks a thousand words that you know that phrase so I taught them you know to express themselves using the camera or the phone and um and the sort of things that I did to build my confidence using the camera and I thought this is either going to be you know something that I'm not interested in or you know they'll just you know want to get back to being on their phones and not being in the classroom but one one of the girls actually came up to me during our walk because we'd go out and take on a walk after the physical classroom bit we went for a walk to take the pictures and and do the sort of activities that I'd set for them and one girl came up to me and said thank you I've struggled with my low self-esteem and my confidence my whole life but I could actually see myself doing this to help and it you know as you shared it sort of really inspired me and I was just like oh I got goosebumps you know <laughs> I was like oh my god you know just six weeks or eight weeks of doing you know photography classes you know just to be able to maybe just help one person not feel bad about themselves and that's and, and that's one person telling you but loads of them won't tell you but they have similar feelings or similar breakthroughs without telling anybody but yeah you never know that's the same in our online work you never know who you will touch and change but you don't have to you just put out your your authentic uh, work and and magic will happen that's, that's so, so most, beautiful most important thing you know um sometimes you make it about yourself you know you're scared to post something on the internet you're scared to tell your story you're scared to teach your technique in your own certain way and you know i've I've got a newsletter now that people reply to and say, thank you. I needed to hear that today. You know, I don't know about you, but most newsletters, if I, if I open them, usually they go straight into the bin. <laughs> if I open them, I read and, you know, delete or file or whatever. I very rarely feel the need to sort of reply to somebody, but I get replies. I get people on Facebook or social media, some Some who I don't even realize are, you know, they're not the sort of people to like things or comment, but every now and then they'll send you a message going, thank you, I needed to hear that. Or because of you, I've started running or because of you, I've set up a business or left a job or and so you just don't know where anything can end up or what you can 
what impact you'll have on someone. And I think that's the important thing when, when you're doing this line of work to really get over that, oh, what will people think? Or, or you know, whatever else goes, you know, the sad sack talk that, <laughs> that goes on in your brain. Because you just don't know the effect you're going to have on someone and you don't know whether, yeah, it's like a ripple. It's throwing a pebble in the water and you just don't know how big the ripple's going to get. And it's just, I, I, that's what I love about doing this work. Even, even when I doubt myself or I have a bad day or I stop believing in myself, something will always happen to go, nope. And the ripple can go really over the ocean, you know. That's what I like about physics. Like the, the wave of the of the butterfly can can it's just we are so much more connected than we think. A wave can become a tsunami. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I I yeah, I'm a total online person because I love to be inspired by so many. I love the the feeling of connection around the globe, you know, here my globe. I, it's like I have the interview with you and I talked to my Australian money mindset buddy this morning and and, and my next uh, podcast guest in Swiss German will, lives in Amsterdam. And it's like, oh, it's so cool that this is possible. It's It amazes me every single time. I think I annoy people by my gratefulness of the internet <laughs> oh this is bad and and everybody is uh, controlling you and I say well I just rather use it for for what I love to do and and I mean hanging out with people like you for an hour that's just the best thing you can do and yeah. uh, now, <laughs> now people can listen to this conversation hopefully are inspired too so when when I'm like attracted to you as as a coach and then i i tell you my problem what what is do you have a process you you um guide everybody through or do you have like it's so individual you you could choose uh pick a, a to, uh, an example now to tell like how can people work with you and experience your magic well, I'm very intuitive. So I like if I work with somebody on a one-to-one -one basis, there's absolutely no prescription at all. But um, I'm just in the process of sort of setting up a, um, a membership community, you know, for creatives and business owners who, who need that courage and they need that confidence, you know, to do the stuff that we've just been talking about. And it always starts off with, you know, what we've spoken about. It's about knowing yourself and realizing which parts are just clouded by terrible lens it's about clearing that lens and seeing yourself clearly clearly so I, I believe that you cannot move on to the next step of any work until you actually got a good foundation of, of who you are and how you see yourself because it if you if you do something really great but your self-identity doesn't see yourself as that you will sabotage it you know it's, it's like building a it's building a house on wonky foundations you can only build it so high before it crumbles so we start with the foundational work of looking at who you are and what makes you special and looking at the stories you've told yourself and actually proving them wrong you know we, we do it with a sense of playfulness of 
you know, is that actually true? You know, is that rubbish? If it's rubbish, stick it in the air. <laughs> the fuck it bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I love your bucket bucket lives. I have to bucket fire in the Toy Academy. We burn things regularly. It's so Get good. Out of the way. But yeah, it's only then that you can, you know, once you build that foundation, you've then got more confidence and you get the confidence by doing as well. And then it's it's about having that sort of that support of, okay, well, what if I dare you to do something? What if I just push you out of your comfort zone just a little bit? And Yes. So I work with people to help them develop that foundation, then feel brave enough to do it and actually own who they are. And then when finally they own who they are, be like, let's take some pictures. <laughs> let's share you with the world. So that's that's kind of the the package to have amazing, authentic, shiny pictures with you afterwards. That's genius. Wow. Sometimes people would have a photo shoot with me and then they wouldn't put the photographs on on the internet or they they would go into hiding a little bit and at first I was like oh no they don't like the photographs so yeah, I, that's true. <laughs> yeah. So I, I have a policy where you know if you're not happy with anything there's a reshoot you know all the time you know because I want people to be happy so I, I would message a few people and say, oh, you know, were you not happy with those photographs? I thought we had a great time. You really shone. And they just realized that they just needed that sort of permission to show up as themselves. So I find that sometimes you need to do that foundational work with people. Um, in this work that we're doing, you know, that you're doing with your joy work, that I'm doing the confidence work and everyone that you speak to, if you're telling yourself these old stories or if you're telling yourself just that you're not good enough, it's going to be like a dance. It's like a cha-cha sometimes. You take two steps forward and then your mental block will get in the way and it'll throw you back and sometimes you'll crash. And it's just about building that foundation to sort of stop that from happening so often or, you know, you can't stop it completely. You know, I still um, have self-doubt. I still wonder what I'm doing some days but it's the frequency of it is less and it doesn't it doesn't cripple me it doesn't stop me from moving it might mean I take a little detour or I have a little break but then you realize that there's something in you bigger than the, the small chatter in your head and so it's just helping people get over that really that's the coolest combination and and then you actually have even better photos after the foundational work because you you got rid of some like sad sacks invisible sad sacks That's yeah so it's cool. a full superhero <laughs> yes and i love your photo shoots they're bright and colorful i had the honor to have you taken some pictures of me i love them it's just it's, we had so much fun <laughs> yeah and it's really i love photography so much and the magic between the the person taking the picture and it's just oh it's, it's something so special really you know the the native americans i don't know i think it's true but in the the stories i read like they don't like to take that the picture taken will take a piece of your soul away and I totally get what they mean because you are on a piece of paper afterwards. But for me, it's like adding. Yeah, adding. it's not sharing your soul. Yes, yes. Yeah, so as long as 
you're in that good place and you've got that good energy and you've got that that groundedness of feeling secure and pushing the energy outwards then wherever you leave that energy you know people you know people say to me it's like it's like you photograph the whole person like people can feel the personality coming through all part of the story and you know it's so much better than a oh I'll just pose against the wall and look. <laughs> yeah and, and it's like the internet you can do bad things with the internet or, or cool things and pictures like paparazzi pictures and and just like the annoying also threatening part of having your picture taken when you just don't want to and it's it's you didn't mm. give the allowance it's like the same thing you can use yeah, that scaling that way yeah it's like there it's like taking a part of your soul away and putting it somewhere you didn't choose to be and and your work is like the the on the sunny side of the of the moon where the magic is happening yeah it, it really is yeah I, I love it you know it, it's the best way to sort of just be able to to show that person there you know how they are not through the filter of their own sort of self that sometimes is blind to that and it's just such a joy to sort of let people embody that and help them you know stay in that vibe rather than shrink after they've done it as well because I'm sure you know it yourself you've had a period of growth and suddenly you're like oh this is a bit shaky I'm not ready for it absolutely <laughs> and photo shootings are always an up-leveling thing like oh okay and then the website looks different I, my website will be this this week will be live with new pictures. I'm really looking forward to it. I can't this wait to week see it. when we are recording it. <laughs> so, what is your message to the world when you have the mic and everybody is listening? Tell <laughs> us, please. My message to to the world. Um, yeah, stop letting the past experiences ruin your tomorrow and your today. You don't know how long you've got, and just. Fill every moment with joy and mischief. And if there's a sunnier option, choose it because why would you choose the other one? <laughs> Thank you. And where can people find you? Or what is your best, where what is the best way to connect with you? Um, through my website, I suppose. It's www.professionalrebel.co.uk. You can sign up on my newsletter. Like I said, people write back on that. So it must, must be some gold nuggets of joy in there. <laughs> um, and I'm always on Facebook, you know, sharing pictures of my dinner or mischief I get up to. So <laughs> you can find me there. But I can send you all my links. You can Yes, we will put them, them into the show notes. Go to the blog for watching or, or YouTube for watching the, the video. Yeah, uh, or just blog. watch watch my chat show as well because so fuck it fuck it friday be rude to forget that <laughs> and that's on facebook facebook yeah. live yes facebook yes. lives and you will get all the informations in the in the show notes on joyismycompass.com slash blog and then yeah. you will find mary claire thank you so much for your energy and your joy you. and your your genius it's just a pleasure to spend time with you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bye darling. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this interview as much as I did. Please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes if you liked it. 
Also, make sure to join my free Joy group on Facebook to discuss this episode and other Joy topics. And you can find the link to it in my show notes on joyismycompass.com slash blog. If you are looking for ways to incorporate more joy into your daily life, I've got the most awesome tool for you. Head over to joyismycompass.com slash UA to hire your personal universal assistant. What is that? You'll find out. Just click on the link joyismycompass.com slash UA. See you in the next episode.